Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I'm Meg Walter in studio today with Nick Morley and Eli McCann. Hello. Good afternoon. Hi. Uh, Why don't you tell me what you've been watching? There was a new season of Black Mirror that oh, came on to Netflix. Yes. The Miley Cyrus season. Miley Cyrus season, along with Anthony Mackie, uh-huh. who's in one of the episodes as well, and someone from the show Fleabag that I've never watched. Don't you dare say someone from the show Fleabag. That is the hot priest. Oh, the oh. hot priest. Okay. You okay. guys need to watch. You really gonna, need to watch Fleabag. Yeah, Fleabag is next for me. I've after... been saying this to every human I encounter. No, once I'm done with the good fight, I'm moving on to Fleabag. Okay. Anyway. I'm, I'm very excited for you. Thanks. <laughs> right, is, does it warrant an episode? If you two, you know what? I can't trust you two what are you to, talking about? <laughs> to watch anything. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of aggression today, and I don't know how to let's respond just, let's just to do it. The let's just okay. talk about it. I'll keep talking. Doing. All right. It is not as sinister as other seasons of Black Mirror. Oh, good. They took a little lighter tone to it, um, and I think it's because they... Actually, one of the episodes is kind of messed up. <laughs> Now that I think. Is any, anybody <laughs> having sex with a pig? Is it that messed up? Uh, because I'll tell you what. No, but no, it's not. It's not that messed okay. up. Okay. Anyway, that, I, th- I think people will really like these three episodes. I watched them. I had nothing to do that night. I watched them all, all three at once. Okay. And then you don't have to justify your TV uh, watching to us. This is literally a podcast about TV. This is a it's safe true. zone. It's, hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked coming here. Anyway, uh-huh. the next show that I just flew through was The Chef Show with Roy Choi and John Favreau. And it mm-hmm. totally sufficed all of my needs for watching food be cooked in a movie. Good. And they tell you how to make everything and they bring in celebrities like they brought in Gwyneth Paltrow from Goop. They brought in Bill Burr, one of my favorite comedians. It's a fun time. Where they're do like, you where do you find the chef show? Netflix. Netflix. It's new on Netflix. They're like 25 minute episodes. You can fly through them. They show you how to make kimchi, Cuban sandwiches, all that good stuff. And the last one I want to talk about was the first episode of Big Little Lies. Yeah. Did you guys watch last Not time? yet. Yeah. I'm excited to. Okay, I'm on record as saying I think this is a bad idea to do season yes, two. Agreed. You bring in Meryl and okay. I'm there for so, it. So <laughs> did you did you watch? Yes. Okay. So last night I was worried too. I'm a big fan of just like a mini series. Just let it be out there. Let yeah. us appreciate it. Let it be perfect. Yeah, let it be perfect. But she was so good in the episode. That's last what everybody's night. been saying. And I'm really excited to watch good. more. SNL so, did this sketch years ago. If I told you guys about this, it's Meryl Streep on ice. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she's, like, skating around in her caftan, you know, in her little glasses and, like, her hair messily pulled back. And she's just, like, being Meryl on ice. (laughs) And afterward, uh, they're interviewing people who've seen the show, and one guy's like, bitch can skate. And so, like, (laughs) after the episode ended yesterday, Steve and I turned to each other and said, bitch can skate. Because she can just do whatever, anything, anything and do it so well. I'll just watch Meryl. Yeah. It could be just Meryl. The whole second season could be just Meryl. She should just be reading out of a phone book. (laughs) (laughs) And it would just be so entertaining. So excited. But that's it for me. Yeah. We'll cover Big Little Lies in depth, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. We'll do an so, episode once it's wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. Eli, what have you been watching? Well, I had a couple of fights this weekend, so I watched plain movies. I rewatched for the 10 billionth time Baby Mama, starring nice. Amy Poehler and <laughs> Tina Fey. It's such a great movie. It's so it good. is a great movie. Surrogacy's been on my mind because Meg recently offered me her womb for surrogacy Absolutely purposes. Absolutely not. 
I didn't think that would work, but it cost me nothing to try. Um, shoot or shoot. <laughs> go for it. Nah, there's some times when you shouldn't. But <laughs> go on. Uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, I don't love every movie they've done together, but I'll see every movie they've done together. Yeah. And I want them to do a million more. I finally watched On the Basis of Sex. Have you guys seen that? Is that the RBG Bader, one? Ruth yeah. Bader oh, no, but I it's, haven't. Uh, Felicity, Felicity Jones. Yeah. Is it Jones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. I kind of hesitated for a while because I know it didn't get a ton of buzz and I was like, oh, maybe it's it, the previews made it look a little hokey. What I thought when I was watching it and as it was finishing is if it had been nominated for Oscars, we would probably have hated it because we would yeah. have ripped it to shreds. But it didn't go through that process. And so as it is, I watched it on the plane and I was like, that was a really lovely movie. It was well acted. Hmm. Also, the guy who plays her husband in it, what's his name? Army Hammer, right? Army Hammer. I didn't get the Army Hammer appeal when he was in Call Me By Your Name because that whole movie just felt like a child predator movie to me. But he is a very attractive man. I'm on record saying that now. Well, find your truth, you know? Found it. And then I rewatched again this weekend for the millionth time, A Mighty Wind. which is an American treasure, and everyone should watch that movie. It is just so lovely. I love all of those movies, that that whole... The Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest movies. Uh, Waiting for Goffman is my favorite movie of all time. But A Mighty Wind is like a pretty close second to Waiting for Goffman. More than Best in Show. Yeah. Best in Show is really, really funny to me. But A Mighty Wind has this element of sweetness that makes me very happy. Okay. Like, I finished that movie, and I'm just like, I feel very happy. So I think if you haven't seen A Mighty Wind, everybody should go watch it. And then other than, you know, my binging of everything on CBS All Access, I got nothing else. (laughs) All right. Chernobyl finished the series finale. Can't do it. So I tried starting it. I I just can't. I I knew I was going to be in for the most depressing ride. I got like 30 minutes in and I was just like, should I keep going? Is it that good? It is very good. It's very well done. It will haunt you, but I think that the performances in it are worth watching. It's worth it even despite the images that will be with you forever. Hmm. One thing that I remembered in watching Chernobyl is that years ago, This American Life did, I think, an episode on Chernobyl. And so I had heard what would happen to the victims of Chernobyl prior to seeing it. Mm. So it wasn't as jarring because I knew what was coming. So maybe go back and find that prior to watching it. Okay. I wish they would release an edited version where they cut out the murdering of all puppies, and then I could probably continue. But I I don't want to see puppies die. I can't do it. That's They don't actually show you the puppies dying. Mm -hmm. Well, the dogs die. The thing is that it happened. If this was entirely made up, I would be like, these people are sick. Yeah. I'm not going to spend my time and energy consuming their art because they are sick humans. But this is a story that happened, Mm. and I feel a sort of responsibility to consume that and understand it. Okay. I just So anyway, I thought it was very well done. The performances are really good. I've also consumed a lot of media surrounding it. The Chernobyl podcast, The Ringer did an interview with the filmmaker. 
I think that it's an important series and that it will lead the way to more series like it, which I think are a good thing. Russia has decided they're going to release their own version. I of saw Chernobyl. that on Twitter. Seriously? <laughs> oh, so I bet well. that's going to be messed up. That's going to be a trip. Yeah. Because the Russian government was, in a lot of ways, very responsible for what happened. Well, the Soviet government. The Sovi- I, I apologize. Yes, the Soviet government and the KGB. Mm-hmm. The Bachelorette is on. And it's Yay. it's a big whopping train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> but there is one contestant named Tyler C, who is maybe the hottest human to ever be on television. And he's smart and he's funny. And every woman in America is losing their mind after Tyler, Tyler C. C. I'm looking him up. Tyler Cameron is his name. I'll be the judge. And that. there's a podcast. It's a rare podcast called Bachelor Party. And this week, Juliet Littman and Mallory Rubin spent 45 minutes diving into how much they love Tyler C oh. and how attracted they are to Tyler he's, C. He's straight man good looking. You don't think that's good looking? This man, he's for women. Look him up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's the difference? Oh, honey, we don't have time for that. <laughs> we do not have time for that today. Have you ever heard of gay skinny? It's like very different than straight skinny. What? No, what's, you can't just, what, what is it? Well, I am gay fat. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I'm straight skinny. So I really should just switch back over to the other team at this point. Were you ever on, on the other team? Eh, I was pretending for a very long time. <laughs> All I'm saying is it's a rough world when you come over to this side. Wait, but what? what is gay skinny? It's just really, really skinny. Okay. Really skinny. Okay. Okay. And that's good. Well, it's not good, but <laughs> it's what the gays want. So, like, if you ever go to, like, a party, a gaggle of gays, talk to them. <laughs> no, I'll stand in front of a mirror, and it's, like, a bunch of, like, very thin people who all have six-packs, and like, oh, I'm so fat. I need to stop eating Oreos. <laughs> okay, I'm hate-criming at this point. This is now becoming a hate-crime. Let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of gay, we saw Rocket Man this week. Well, two of us did. Two of us did. Sorry. Uh, one of us was visiting family member. Sorry. Um, I didn't think I could get grandma to go to it. Was that a, a good I choice? I think you were probably right in that. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about Rocket Man. Nick and Eli, you can listen. For mm. me, I quickly in the movie discovered that I needed to realign my expectations because I expected this to be a movie about performers and the music would be performances within the movie, as in them on stage performing for other people. This is, in fact, a musical, which I was not aware of. And going into a musical, not knowing it's a musical, is always surprising and jarring. Did you have that same experience? Yeah, I had that same experience. I have mixed feelings about this movie. I thought the pacing was a little bit odd right from the get-go. I was like, oh, we're... We're doing this. We're doing this now. Yeah. I guess my expectation was I'm going to see, like, Taron Egerton really going for it, like, Mm -hmm. for an Oscar. But that's not what it is. I mean, no, but I think think Taron Egerton goes for it, and I think he does a good job. I think he's really good in this. You know what? I wanted to make this clear on the podcast. I really liked that he sang. I really liked that it was him. That it was his voice. It was his voice. How is he? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean... I was pretty impressed with He's a singing. musician, I believe. He does a voice in Sing, the animated yeah. movie, actually singing an Elton John song, mm-hmm. and he's good. Yeah. yeah. It starts with Elton John in full flamboyant, yeah. over-the-top costuming, walking into a building, which you think is going to be like Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and then he opens a door and it's group therapy, and Elton John sits down and starts talking. 
And then, you know, it's like, oh boy, because it goes back to his childhood and you're like, cool, Mm -hmm. tortured artist is going to get in touch with his childhood. Right. Super groundbreaking. Never never seen that before. And they found like the creepiest child actor to play him as a child. Like this kid really... Yeah, he looked like he needed (laughs) to be on a horror movie. I was bothered by this child. And there's like a point where he's doing a duet with his child self and you're like, I'm uncomfy right now. Yeah, that part was weird. I don't know about this. It was for the bitch's back and it was just like, first of all, an odd choice of song to do that with a little kid. For me, the first third of the movie was uncomfortable. It was a lot of like him getting in touch with his childhood. When his career starts taking off, I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this now. Mm -hmm. Because we're hearing a lot of Elton John songs that I like. We're seeing the fun costuming. But my reaction is against the point of the movie. The point of the movie was that the fame ate him alive. Mm -hmm. And what I was enjoying was watching his rise to fame, which ultimately led to his hospitalization and near death Mm -hmm. from drug overdose. Was that the same for you? Yeah, it's about the same for me. I thought the highlight of the movie, in my opinion, was his performance at the Troubadour when he plays Crocodile Rock for everybody and they all start floating. I thought that was a pretty cool moment in the movie that kind of like explained what Elton John's music did for the masses at that point. And I saw an interview with him way back in the day and they, oh no, it was James Corden's Carpool Karaoke with him. And Mm -hmm. he said, hey, you always had these really flamboyant costumes. And he was like, yeah, that's because I was strapped to a piano. I wasn't Mick Jagger. I wasn't Freddie Mercury that I could move around and stuff. So I had to be... This, like, big figure, yeah, like, this visually stunning figure that's just strapped to a piano the whole time, you know. So I thought it did a really good job of portraying that. Did you like him going back to rehab or going back to the support group to kind of, like, bring you back to where... No. Yeah, I didn't like it either. Was it it boring? I feel like it's something I've seen before a lot, and it feels like a trick, Mm. like a a way for a filmmaker to get their point across, and it's like, "Mm, show, don't tell. Right. Mm. It's like, okay, I'm going to go back to our narrator now so yeah. I can... And it's I like, should just know this. We can tell you're having a breakdown. You don't have to tell us you were having a breakdown. Mm. We're smart. We can figure that right. out. Yeah. One thing that's interesting in the movie, people say to him over and over, oh, you're shy. You were such a shy child. And my in-laws said they actually saw Elton John perform. He didn't interact with the audience at all. Oh. No talking with the audience at all. And so the costumes, I think, were another way for him to say, like, I'm here and I'm present in this, but I am a quiet, introverted person and Mm. I am not comfortable interacting with you. I want you to watch me. I don't want to interact with you, which I thought was interesting and something that the movie did fairly successfully. Yeah. A lot of people are comparing this movie to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. In your opinion, which is the superior movie? I'd say Rocket Man is probably a superior movie. I agree with that. I think that Rocket Man did a better job of showing how Elton John's sexuality shaped his person. Mm-hmm. Where oh. in Bohemian Rhapsody, it was something they kind of were Ignored. like... Ignored. It's part of him, but it's not him. And Rocket Man, it was a cause of a lot of pain for him. Yeah. Ultimately, he worked through that, and he's in a happy marriage now, raising two children. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's a point where his mother says to him, you're choosing to never be loved properly. And that defined him for a long time. And he set out on some real self-destructive behaviors, Hmm. which is kind of the third act of the movie. Hmm. And the conclusion is that he did eventually be loved properly. So the thesis of the movie, in my opinion, is Elton John learns to be loved properly. Hmm. And the fame is something that kept him from that for a long time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you feel bad for him. He made some horrible decisions, but 
it would be tough to be put in that situation. And and his but, manager was emotionally abusive at yeah. times, physically abusive. Who was his lover? His yeah. manager, who was his lover? Hmm. So he was stuck in this destructive relationship. I wonder if that was true. How his mom talked to him? Okay, so there's that British company, right? Who yeah, does John Lewis. These monumental yeah. Christmas ads every year. Yeah. Last year's was Elton John's mom buys him a piano. And it was an amazing... It was, like it was, the best it was an awesome ad I was seen. sobbing. Yeah. I think that's holy fiction if this yeah. movie is to I, be believed because his mother was terrible really? in this movie and his father was unbelievably oh, terrible. Horrible. Huh. When he goes and visits him and he's with his other kids Real that he kids. Like, loves yeah. and like, oh, that was... That was rough. So, the ad was a lie. Yeah, I that's know. what I thought the whole time. I was like, wait a second. John Lewis lied to me. This is not the narrative I believed it was going to yeah. be. Mm. Uh, that was hard. And I don't know which is the truth. I know that Elton John's mom wrote him out of her will. And that could be because she doesn't love him. Or that could be because Elton John has a ton of money and is doing fine. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Um, it is. Elton John was a producer on this. So, oh, he was. I'd like to believe that there is truth to what he's portraying. And I think that it's a compliment to Elton John what he was willing to include in this movie. Really? Because so that's there's a I, lot of ugly stuff. That's what I was just going to ask is, is his being a producer, does that make the film more or less true? I feel like they went pretty deep on the rough stuff of his life. Okay. Like, I, I mean, feel like they didn't hold back. I wonder, like, the relationship with his manager, how one-sided that mm -hmm. abuse was. Mm -hmm. You know, abuse might be an intense word to use there, but there's two sides to every story, yeah. right? Yeah. But it does show him being very not nice to his original studio who had supported him in the beginning of his career okay. and to a lot of people in his life. To me, the movie was mainly about his relationship with his lyricist. With Bernie. With yeah. Bernie. It was kind of about their relationship, which is a unique story that I hadn't seen in a movie before about an artist and his lyricist with whom there's no romantic interest whatsoever. They were um, just a great mu partnership. Music and lyrics starring Drew Barrymore? <laughs> Based on a I'm true sorry. story. <laughs> like I said, I consider, no romantic interest between I, the two okay, of them. I consider all films that Drew Barrymore does as being based on a true story because she brings them to life Thank to you a degree. Stunning and My girl Drew. <laughs> Her Even biggest e. I am her biggest fan, and especially E.T. All in all, I think this is a movie I'm glad I saw, even though I had to <laughs> realize what kind of movie I was seeing partway through seeing okay. it. Okay. As I was watching the movie, I started to think, what was the last biopic I really liked? I think it's hard to do it the really Iron well. Lady. <laughs> I think that people think we care more about celebrities than we do. Yeah. I'd much rather watch a movie about a historical oh, politician or something yeah. like someone who... For sure. Elton John's great, but did he change the course of history? No. Meh. Like every every time we watch this, it's always, oh, they got their first record deal and then they got yeah. their first big song and then they did a stadium tour and then, oh, somebody brought cocaine to a party and then I really like this stuff. Oh, he uh -oh. has a ton of money, but he's sad. Yeah, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> but now my best friend that I forgot about comes back and says, I've seen this movie oh, before. Yeah. I've seen yeah. it like 20 times. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I was talking with Steven yesterday and he said, because I mentioned I used to watch Behind the Music a lot. And mm -hmm. he's like, oh, they just make those movies now. Yeah. Like, that's Behind the Music. And I was like, yeah, some money making but, model. Right. Yeah. And we're only going to get more of these movies. I don't know who's next. Bowie, maybe. I don't know. Uh, no, I'd be into that one, though. I agree. I've seen this movie. Yeah. I think Taggart. What's his name? Taggart Egerton. 
Uh, oh, Taron Egerton. Yeah. He did a really good job. This, uh, was, yeah, this I, was a great performance. It was. He did extra credit, I think, in this movie. I think he didn't have a ton to work with, and he nailed it. And honestly, it reminded me that all of Elton John's songs are bops. Like, I've yeah. been listening to Elton John since seeing this movie. Is it a movie I'll watch again? No. No. Is it a movie I really care about and have thought about since? No. So take that to the bank. I all guess. right, I'll yeah. take it to the bank. Okay, next week, we've been waiting a long time to do this. (sighs) We will be revisiting Titanic. An American treasure. The 1997 epic. watch it in preparation for our discussion. A 20th century masterpiece. Oh, my gosh. It's on Netflix. I don't want to. I bought this from the artist. What's his name? Something Picasso. Picasso. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that won't be worth anything. (laughs) Can't wait. We'll see you next week for that discussion. And goodbye. Bye.